I'm excited to preach today. Normally at the start of the year, you want to bring like one of those like helpful words that help us and a few kind of significant points that maybe take us forward. So you would go to Paul, his writings, you go to Ephesians, maybe you'd go to some Romans, but, but I got pulled to one of the prophets today. Sorry, it's just what it is. And I, I have a favorite prophet. I know you're not really allowed to, but I have one because it's, it's Jeremiah. He's called the weeping prophet. We, we have something in common. We both like to cry. And so I like his writings because I just feel like we can cry and there's no condemnation. You read Isaiah sometimes, he's a little bit too excited. But Jeremiah, he is the prophet that God gave to his people at one of the most difficult times for God's people. It was just his whole, can you call it era or innings or whatever, his, was marked with difficulty. And here's what was the trademark of Jeremiah's ministry. No one listened ever. Like they never listened to him, ever. And so he got to witness chaos and destruction because he kept speaking, kept bringing warnings, kept bringing God's word, and no one listened. Look, he did get Jeremiah 29. I know the promises, the plans I have for you, the one that's on many fireplaces in Christian homes and on the fridge. He got to bring that one, so that's a good one. But other than that, he had a difficult, difficult ministry. And so he spent all these years and then, I want to bring a word today that calls us more than just back to a good year and to achieving, but back to intimacy, back to relationship. As I believe Jeremiah delivered a word from God that was a call to God's people back to more than just doing religious acts. We can come to church and maybe in church this morning because that's the right thing to do at the start of the year. It was on your plan for the year. Maybe you listen to one of those self-help guys and like religion's part of that. I don't know why. But I want to tell you that that's not the call of Christianity. Christianity, Jesus never came to start the greatest religion on the earth. He came to pull people into relationship with himself and with the Father and make a way for that relationship to be possible. And so I want to challenge us in that light today. And it's simply this, to drink deeper, to drink deeper of Jesus. I love Matthew 11, the invitation, come to me, all who are weary and, 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 and burdened, I will give you rest. It's not an invitation So come to my meeting, come to my crusade, come to my outreach, come to my principles, come to my ways. Those are all the benefits that we get of walking with Jesus. No, it's come to me. And maybe you've been walking with God for many, many years. I got saved at 14 years old. I encountered God at 14 years old. In a place that maybe right now in Durban you wouldn't go to right now, but when we went, that's where I had youth group. And I encountered God as a 14-year-old, and it changed my life forever. And so for the last four years, no, 30 years, I've been walking with God, sometimes kicking and screaming, sometimes difficult, sometimes belligerent, not always listening, but I've walked with God and I cannot deny that the God of heaven is alive and real. And so it pulls me to a conundrum where I have to choose to obey his word. But here's the thing, it's not principles I'm following, it's Jesus. It's the person of Jesus. And so we need to be reminded and challenged in that regard as we run into a new year. Because I'm someone who likes to make a plan. I'm someone who likes to put some plans down and go after those grand plans. But if those plans don't start with encountering Jesus, I fear where they might end up sometimes. So I want to take us, and, and this is Jeremiah. He's God's prophet. If you don't know what a prophet was, it's not the difference between expenses and income. It's, it's, it, it is the guy who God called to speak at the time, before Jesus had come, before the Spirit of God was poured out on all men. No, 
God gave a prophet who would speak God's word to his people. He would often bring warnings, he would bring challenges, and he would bring God's word. It starts like this, the word of the Lord came to me. Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord and firstfruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty and disaster, never, disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. It's this interesting statement right up front. Jeremiah is delivering. The weeping prophet is delivering the words of the weeping father who's wooing his people back. He's saying, the father speaking, said, remember when I walked you through the desert? Remember when you trusted me? Remember when you had no food and I fed you with manna? Remember when you had no water and you followed me to rocks and I brought water from a rock? He's saying, do you remember how good it was? you remember how good it was? It's the conversation of a married couple who've been married for 30 years and things have gone a little dry. Things are a little tough. And it's the spouse sitting with their spouse saying, and, they, and, and, and heading towards brokenness and destruction, and, but having a moment of memory and remembering how good it was when they first met. Remembering how good it was when other things hadn't gotten away and we hadn't allowed other things to get in the way. Remember how good it was. God's saying, do you remember how good it was? Maybe even at the start of this year in your marriage, maybe there's a need to remember how good it was and how good it can be. Maybe to say some things like, I hey, remember when you used to say this in the morning. Or you used to say this. Yeah, some of you looking out, grabbing it. Just relax. Just look forward. Stay calm. It'll be okay. I know I'm setting you up for a conversation. Just relax. But, but, but remember you used to tell me I was beautiful. All the ladies, ah. And the dudes, like, remember when you told me I was looking good? Remember? No, those things matter. And over time, they matter more, and we lose our ability to communicate. But the challenge is that, that there's a natural drift, and that drift leads to distance, and that distance leads to destruction. And it was happening with God's people. Over hundreds of years, God had been faithful to these people. He'd brought them through the desert faithfully. And he's crying out to them, do you remember how good it was? He carries on, hear the word of the Lord, you descendants of Jacob. All you clans of Israel, this is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me? Remember, this is God speaking. It's interesting. It says they, that they strayed so far from me. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. You know, the truth is what you believe in, you become. What you believe in, you become. And so if, if you believe, uh, yeah. And that truth holds in so many ways, and it holds to the value that if you believe in something that is worthless, you will become worthless in that thing. And God is saying, they threw themselves to worthless idols, even though I had been faithful to them, and they became worthless to the community around them, to the watching world, even though I had spared them in the journey. It says, they did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness? Through a land of deserts and ravines, a land of drought and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives. I brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce, but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. 
He's reminding them of the Exodus. And if you don't know the Exodus, it's when God walked his people out of slavery, but he had to take them through a desert and a journey that could have taken days took 40 years. Why? Why does there need to be that journey? And I would present that journey happens in every one of our lives. Why do we not give our lives to Jesus, hand up a church, whoop, gone to heaven, teleport? Because there's a journey of learning to trust God to know Him, to walk with Him, to walk with Him to the valleys, to walk Him over the mountaintops, to walk with Him when there's no water and He brings water from rocks, to walk with Him and to trust Him. It is the whole reason we don't just go straight to heaven. And God presents, He says, actually, He says, I walked with you and I walked you through all those things. He says, they did not even ask, where is the Lord? They were uninterested in the reality that God was not in the midst of them. They had lost interest. It's like the spouse who carries on with life and one day looks back and goes, oh, what happened? It happens all the time. It happens in many relationships. And it can happen in our relationship with God. And God's saying, they just carried on with life to a point that they didn't ask, where is the Lord? And I'm presenting this because this is history. This is fact. These were the people of God in Judah who for hundreds of years God had been faithful and protected them. And God prophesied to you, Jeremiah prophesied, because destruction would come and destruction did come. Because like the rest of Jeremiah's ministry, they didn't listen. And Babylon, the Babylon came. The Babylonians came and destruction came. We get to stand here over 2,000, 3,000 years later to look back and say, what can we learn? And what is the call of God? It says this, God keeps speaking. It says, the priest did not ask, where is the Lord? He's saying those who were ministering and called to minister to the people, they didn't ask, where's God? It's like the worship team, hey, let's just sing our songs. Uh, the prayer team, pray. But no one invited God. No one thought God was necessary for the meeting. He says, um, those who deal with the Lord did not know me. He's saying those, not, not the, the police, those who deal with the law, who presented the law of God to God's people and would teach it, they would teach it without even knowing God. If you preach the Bible without knowing God, I promise you it will land in chaos, destruction, and brokenness. And you will put more people in chains than set them free. God's saying they taught the law, they didn't even know me. I've met people studying postgraduate master's degrees at Oxford studying theology who do not believe in God, truth, or Jesus. Welcome to 2024. He says, the leaders rebelled against me. Those who knew of my faithfulness, who had walked with me, and as I walked them through a dry seabed and swallowed up their enemy, they then chose to rebel against me. This is God speaking. He says, the prophets prophesied by Baal, following with this other saying, the prophets who I gifted, I gave them that gift. They started prophesying by false gods. How does this happen? Well, what is, what is the truth here? What is he presenting? Is this just God whining? He's just having a whine. Start, oh, you guys. No, this is a loving God with tears in his eyes speaking through a weeping prophet, calling his people close again. It says, therefore I bring charges against you again, declares the Lord, and I bring charges against your children's children. Cross over the coast of Cyprus and look, send to Kedar and observe, observe closely. See if there's ever been anything like this. Has a nation ever changed its gods? 
yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great honor, declares the Lord. He says, these are the charges. This is what it is. And again, I'm wanting to encourage us to a place as we present our year, as we make our plans, as we hold on. What is there for us to learn all these years later? I'm not living in that era. I didn't receive the word of Jeremiah at that time, but I do receive the word of Jeremiah in 2024 and say, God, what is it you have for me? He says, my people have committed two sins. And, and many commentators and other translations say, actually, it's, it's one sin that is two parts. It's always two parts. It's always the same. Number one, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So God stands and says, here's what's happened. He says, and if they don't respond, he's still calling them to respond. He didn't want the destruction to come. He's calling them to respond. He's saying, here's the challenge. First, these people I have been faithful to. I've walked them through the desert. I've always held them. I've always provided for them. I've, I've overlooked their unfaithfulness, and I've kept providing for them. They have forsaken me. They've walked away from me. They've, even though we were so good back then, they've walked away from me to foreign idols. Not have they just walked away from me. He says this. He says, the spring of living water. Now, understand this. In those times, there wasn't a water well shop on the corner. There wasn't one of those big kind of things when you walk into spa and you can take, it was amazing, we've just had the privilege of going to uh, southern Namibia, it's very, very hot, and you have to drink. My kids don't dr like drinking water. They would just suck on the jerry can and just suck, it was so hot. But we ran out of water, and so we needed, needed water. Stumbled into checkers, and they had one of those big things, and I'm standing there, there's one person with like a one liter bottle behind me, I've got my jerry can, sorry, I'll be a minute. Just filling up my jerry can. Why? Because water is necessary. And I want to tell you, in 2024, we are all thirsty. We might be, think we are satisfied in ways and means, but we live in a world and people are thirsty. Their souls are thirsty. Their hearts are thirsty. Their anxieties are causing thirst to rise up. And Jesus, and, and God presents as he speaks, says, they walk, they just, just forsake me. They forsook the spring of living water. Now, what would happen? We would call it an artesian well. In the middle of a desert, you just get water. It's spectacular. And, and you would be able to drink from that water. It would be the sweetest, purest water because it would be pushed up from the earth. It's just a gift. If you found that, you don't go anywhere. You, in those times, you camp there. You make your house around there. You don't choose it on a view. You choose it on water. And God's saying, I've always been the water that has been provided to you no matter where you were. Inexhaustible water eternal water, sweet water. He says, you didn't just push away from me as your God, you walked away from the eternal water that heals your soul. But it's, it's, it's a sin that is coupled with another part, and I would present in 2024, it's no different. We don't just walk away from God and the touch and taste of his water. We walk towards something, and that's something God presents in this way. He says, they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. What's a cistern? It's basically a reservoir. It can be larger or smaller. In these times, it would be a private reservoir that they would go and build in the higher territories where water would fall. And their desire was that when water fell, they would make these cisterns. They would make them by cutting into rocks, cutting into clay, plastering it, and hoping that the water stays there. 
They would go and make it themselves. It was hard work, but they would do it. Why? Why would they do that? If God had provided a spring of living water, why would they do that? I would present to you, number one, trust. We think trust is an issue in 2024. Trust has always been an issue. I'd present to you the reason, like I said earlier, that you don't just get saved and go to heaven is I've got to go on a journey of learning to trust God. And different life stages, whether you're going into grade three or when, whether you've been married for 40 years, there's still an ongoing journey of learning to trust God. And God says, not only have you forsaken me, you've walked away from me, you've walked away from a spring of living water, and how I? Well, you've dug your own cisterns, broken cisterns, reservoirs that cannot hold water. They would make these reservoirs and they would hold. Here's the thing you've got to know about that water, though. Number one, the minute water goes in a reservoir, it starts dying. You have to treat it. And so in reservoirs of one days, they'll put chlorine, they'll put other things in to keep that water healthy. They'll put oxygen and pump it through. But in these times, they didn't have that. So the minute water came to that reservoir, that water would start dying. Secondly, it would always leak. It would always break. It would always fail. And you'd, you'd run out of the water home, you go to a reservoir, oh, cracked again. And God's saying, he's appealing again. This is not an angry God shouting down to people. This is a lover wooing his people back. And I believe he's wooing you and I back today. Maybe for some who've walked for 40 years, 30 years, 20 years with God, and, and it's become principled and it's become religious and it's become small and it's become earthly. God's saying, no, I want to woo you back into eternal water. Or maybe you've just never tasted and didn't even know. And maybe unlike the privilege that I had of growing up in a home where God was a relationship, not just a religion. Maybe you grew up in something very different where it was religion first and hopefully you encountered God along the way. But as long as you ticked the boxes and dressed good and were at church on Sunday, we're all good. I didn't grow up in that home. I got taught a gospel of grace about a father who went after the lost, the least, and the lonely. So maybe it's hard for you to understand that there's a wooing God calling you back. He says, here's the challenge. Here's the charges I bring. You've walked away from the fountain. Why would you do that? And you've replaced it with cisterns you've dug with your own hands, your own abilities. I'd present there's a second reason why we do that. We like control. We think if we make it, we can control it. If we make it, we can determine. But you can't make the water. You can't keep it there. So at the start of this year, and maybe it's just for me, I realize I've walked with God for many, many years, and I can do things. I can preach preachers from 20 years ago that no one would know. I preached 20 years ago. I could stop drinking from the well. For business people in the room, one of my friends was sitting there this morning, and I got another friend there who leads a business. They can do what they've done before, and there will be some life. People who don't know God find life in this world sometimes, favor, and yet... We are of those who get to drink of water. And maybe it's dry around you. And you're saying, I've got to dig a cistern. I've got to put something down because my finances are dry or my relationship's dry. So let me touch on relationships. Maybe my relationship's dry. I'm desperately in need of love and I'm lonely and I'm, my heart as a pastor beats for you. And I want to tell you, I pray for you every day, but the answer isn't to run to a cistern you can make. The answer isn't to run to something of the world. The answer is to run to the eternal, inexhaustible life of God. Where there 
is healing for your soul. Satisfaction you'll only ever encounter with the God of heaven. You're very quiet. You're right. The greatest danger for a Christian is self-reliance. Self-reliance. My ability to look after me. So David, the greatest king who ever lived, with most influence, and is described as representing God's own heart. What's he famous for? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. What king do you find these days saying, he leads me? Now David, the greatest king of his age, writes, says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because he tasted of something that was inexhaustible, eternal, satisfying beyond what this world can satisfy. And so as we start this year, my hope, my desire is that, maybe I can invite the team up, is that we'd ask the Spirit of God. Because as I've been preparing this word, the problem with having a few weeks off as a pastor is you just think about what the next preach you're going to preach. And so you come up with 27. And you process all of them. But I, I've been sitting under the scripture, this context of what systems have I made? What wells? What reservoirs? Now the Bible speaks about digging wells, don't get me wrong. But what reservoirs have been made by my hands that I can control and that demand no trust of God? They are the wells that God cannot pour his supernatural grace upon. I'd also present they often the things we're praying to God to bless because of our own insecurity and deep down knowledge that we actually can't do what God can. It's just what it is. So as we start this year, my appeal is this. Drink. Drink deep. Not of religion. Not of expectation. Not of principles. And not of the plans you can make. There's a lot of people making plans. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God here, but I'm going to make this plan. I'm, I'm going to put this money here. I'm going to make sure, just get this piece of paper, this visa. I'm going to put this job here. God's spoken to stay here, but, but I'm just going to apply for that job just in case God might be wrong. We're all human. But I don't worship a God who's limited by my limitations. I'm a make a plan guy. I'm from Derbs. We'll cut a deal with guys who don't want to cut a deal. We'll make it happen. We make plans. But when I come before the living God, when everything else dries up, when it just dries up, and maybe right now it's like everything's just dried up, Relationally, dry. Emotionally, dry. Financially, dry. You've got two choices to make. You can dig reservoirs that can hold a little bit of water. It might last for a little while, 
might even look good for a while, might even taste good for a while, but it won't last. We can get back to drinking the well that'll never fail. It won't make sense to the world around you. It won't make sense to the wisdom of our age. It won't make sense to the ways that seem to bring success to others. But it will satisfy your soul. It will satisfy your soul. And the battles that have raged in your soul will be watered by the waters of heaven. Won't you stand with me this morning? Sad again, this is just the greatest privilege to do life with you. I had the privilege of standing at the front door this morning before the first service. Just seeing the story, seeing this amazing lady in white here. Don't all look at her because she doesn't really like that. But, but she was also in white on the 2nd of December and she got married. And then I watched her worship this morning, but I know behind the scenes that her man's had to go away for three weeks. Which is not exactly what you want in the first month of marriage. But I watch, watch Jesus, worship Jesus. You know what I see? I see someone whose reservoir is not a relation of this earth. That's a gift given to them. It's the satisfying love of Jesus Christ. There's above it all, beyond it all, and has it all in his hands. And I soul gets encouraged. And I'm reminded that it might not all go away the way I planned. There's a God in heaven who's above it all, who sees it all. You know what he wants? He just wants my worship. He wants yours. Right now, why don't you just close your eyes just for a moment. Spirit of God, would you come? There's a wrestle in the hearts of men and women today. Spirit of God, would you come? Would you remind us the sweetness of the water that we have tasted and we have seen? Men and women making big decisions, some move to the city, some moving from the city, some making decisions about futures and careers. I pray, Spirit of God, remind us of the promise of the God who reigns on high, who's walked us through the valleys. He'll walk us over the mountains. He will be with us. He'll provide water from the rocks and manna from heaven. He'll bring a cloud, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And my job and my journey is to walk with Him. My job and my journey is to trust Him. And to keep drinking deep. May we be a people who know what it is to drink deep of the living God.